Good afternoon and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. I'm Warren Thompson. Uh, we're going to get straight into the market action on a fairly quiet day on the JSE today. Uh, we'll be speaking, speaking to Rowan Williams, the Director of Nitrogen Fund Managers, in just a few minutes. And uh, remember that the show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new President Ramaphosa? Can South Africa make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes low economic growth? Attend the Brandhurst Wealth SA Kurvadi seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts, Magnus Heistek of Brandhurst, Ralph Matecha, political analyst, Magna Wieseska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum and Jean-Pierre Fester of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.ca. CO.za search for Brenthurst. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. You're back with the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. The JSC All Share, a little bit listless today. It's down uh, one fifth of a percent to 57,774 points. Industrials are the only uh, sector in the green at the moment, up one tenth of a percent. Uh, financials are down one third. Gold mining down nearly one and a half, and resources down three quarters of a percent. Uh, behind Naspers on the uh, bourses, the most traded share is BHP Billiton, and uh, it's joined uh, in uh, close company by Sunlum, Anglo American, and AB InBev. Uh, in terms of the currency today, uh, the rand is trading at 12 rand 60 to the US dollar. It's lost about half a percent uh, against the pound. It's one uh, fifth of a percentage week at 17 rand uh, and two cents. And against the euro, down one fifth of a percent to 14 rand 97. Gold, uh, pretty listless as well at $1,310 an ounce. Uh, that's down roughly half a percent. Uh, platinum and palladium both up. Platinum uh, nearly 1% higher at $908 an ounce. Palladium up half a percent to $966 an ounce. Here to discuss the markets with me, though, is uh, Rowan Williams, the Director of uh, Nitrogen Fund Managers. He joins me on the phone now. Good to talk to you, Rowan. Yeah, good to talk to you. As we were saying off air, the market lacking a little bit of direction uh, today, but uh, certainly in terms of company news, we've had some news out of uh, Anglo Gold Ashanti with uh, the company saying that for the first quarter of its financial year, uh, its production came in slightly lower, but uh, all in sustaining costs at $1,029 an ounce uh, below that of uh, the first quarter of last year. Is uh, the gold companies one you keep uh, a close eye on, Roan? Uh, we do. We're not uh, very active in them, but uh, the key numbers to look at are those uh, production numbers, the quarterly production numbers, and then that uh, AISC number as well to get an idea of uh, really, I guess, uh, whether they're producing it uh, a sustainable number to, to make free cash flow. So um, what we have seen is uh, there has been a bit of volatility in the gold shares, obviously um, significant risks. I mean, Sabania is under a lot of pressure recently. Anglo Gold does look like a quality operation Numbers largely in line, maybe slightly behind sort of market expectations, but uh, I think uh, nothing to sort of uh, break the sort of uh, the investment case there. They obviously having a change in leadership, which is also a small short-term challenge from for them. But I think they'll they'll be able to manage that. So it looked sort of uh, neat and in line, um, really, uh, in terms of what the numbers they gave. 
Uh, absolutely. And as you pointed out, there's still a strong cash generation there, allowing the, the company to uh, uh, deleverage or downscale its uh, its debt there by, uh, with some help from uh, EBITDA rising by 21%. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I suspect that uh, gold, uh, gold companies very much based on a view of the gold price, uh, Roan, and that makes it a very tricky uh, endeavor for investment managers to work on when you model the values. Yes, yeah, so well, really, I guess you get uh, people that's a bit of a sort of a love-hate thing. Either you, you love gold and you believe it's a currency and it has a store of value, and uh, if uh, the easy money policies that the central banks have been following is uh, ultimately inflationary, you would want to buy gold as a store of value. Um, I guess uh, other investors saying, oh, it's just uh, another commodity. It doesn't have sort of long-term potential. We are seeing the rise of things like uh, bitcoins and other cryptocurrencies, which you know could become a store of uh, value in, in in a new uh, newer environment. So it does feel a little bit outdated, I think. And really, you know, what we've seen is these gold companies are having to focus on their operations, on costs, on free cash flow, all good sort of business principles. So I guess they're more like um, normal sort of operations. But uh, you do have to have a strong view on the gold price. I mean, we're not particularly positive on the gold price for the medium term, as I say, as there are alternative stores of value. And so, uh, and I guess operational risk is the other thing to consider, which is, is very difficult to model. Uh, more news out of uh, our uh, real estate investment trust sector with high prop uh, uh, undertaking a book build. I know uh, with respect to the large amounts of capital being raised by some of our listed property companies, um, we now own half of Eastern Europe and uh, a little bit mm-hmm. of uh, Australia. <laughs> a little bit of Australia, Ron. Uh, tell us about uh, the high prop model. And, and you know, uh, you, you, you've seen the large amounts of capital being raised. Are the companies still generating uh, satisfactory returns on all this money that they've been uh, receiving from the markets? Yeah, so there has been a lot of equity issuance um, by the REITs, and uh, I guess, yeah, um, a lot of it uh, was uh, driven by uh, the growth in particularly the resilience stables. So I guess uh, those um, more recent uh, capital raises hadn't been successful for investors, so you really need to pick and choose and look at each one on its merits. Um, Hyprop itself, I think, is very much a quality counter, very focused on uh, the core is South African retail assets, um, major regional uh, centers, and uh, I think those are continuing to trade well, obviously, as we see an improving consumer environment given sort of positive developments in South Africa. I think uh, the, the prospects are, are looking reasonably good. They have also expanded themselves a, a little bit into Eastern Europe. Um, this particular capital raise, they've said, is just for sort of general corporate purposes to pay down a bit of maturing debt. So I think very much sort of a business as usual. It's not uh, any particular large expansion that they're doing. So um, we have seen, obviously, uh, government bonds uh, yields come down, and, and that makes uh, more locally-based uh, property counters more attractive. So they have been strong this year. So I think it is a reasonable opportunity to get into high prop at these levels. Okay, great. Uh, with a little bit of a dearth of uh, information coming out of the uh, companies on the JSC, uh, you did highlight uh, off-air uh, one of the notable um, uh, merger and acquisitions taking place involving a uh, uh, Takadesa Sia, if I've pronounced it correctly, uh, just tell us. Takeda, uh, yes. Uh, just tell us what uh, what caught your eye there with that uh, proposed acquisition in Europe. 
Yeah, so I guess what is quite interesting is uh, you've got some, uh, 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 Takeda is a Japanese pharmaceutical company and uh, they, I guess, uh, in terms of Japan corporate, this is a very large transaction. They've actually made a number of approaches to Shire, which is more a pan-European and US-based pharmaceuticals group uh, whereby Takeda has uh, now got a recommended uh, takeover offer for, for Shire. Um, it is actually their fourth approach, um, or it looks like possibly their fifth approach. So, And uh, now they've got to a price, I guess, which uh, at £49 a share, which uh, really is attractive uh, to um, the Shire shareholders. I mean, it is a up to 60% premium, uh, which was their first uh, when they made first made the approach. So we're continuing to see some consolidation in uh, the the pharmaceutical space and uh, I guess this will uh, a sort of non-traditional entrant or or, uh, corporate activity so a Japanese and a European company joining forces so I think it does bode reasonably well for the pharmaceutical sector Um, I guess it uh, does remind us that um, Aspen one of our local counters is quite an attractive uh, player in this space and I guess uh, it has sort of underperformed a little bit, and so there may be interest there and, 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 and positive developments, I think, for, for Aspen as well. Okay, uh, very interesting. Obviously, uh, that, that news, uh, Aspen continues to invest in South Africa, opening up another factory uh, with more on the way there. Uh, just on that uh, note, seen as you mentioned it, uh, Roan, is, uh, is Aspen uh, one for you at these levels? Yeah, so it, um, I guess it's had sort of a bit of a sort of mixed uh, press or mixed news recently. I mean, there was some sort of uh, rumours that they were potentially the target of short sellers, which obviously management vehemently uh, denied. But it has moved quite sideways. I think they continue to invest and improve uh, their overall uh, drugs portfolio. Uh, South Africa is still a key part of their business. So it is much more reasonably priced at these levels. And I guess... Uh, it is somewhat of a rand hedge, so if you have a view on on, on the rand, it is a much better entry point here. I think it is uh, it is certainly starting to look interesting, and maybe a little bit of optionality around uh, some potential corporate action uh, now or in the future. Okay, great. Just while you mentioned that, uh, we have s- certainly there has been a couple of companies that have been uh, the rumour of or speculated regarding uh, being the target of short sellers. Uh, as you mentioned, Aspen. Another one recently, though, has been Tesla, which um, had a very interesting conference call hosted by its CEO, Elon Musk. And uh, uh, it, it kind of descended into uh, a, a little bit of uh, uh, unpleasantness with respect to his appetite to answer some of the questions that were put to him by the investment community on that earnings call. Uh, is that is that a, perhaps a sign of of arrogance on his part or how did you interpret his reaction to uh, being asked some very forthright questions by analysts and investors last week? Yeah, so I think what you're seeing there is significant uh, pressure being brought to bear, uh, just the the position that he's in. Obviously, the market has extremely high expectations. He's been promising certain production figures, which uh, even though their production figures are fairly impressive, they've been struggling to meet markets' expectations. And I think, uh, obviously, frustration on, on his part and pressure and that really being brought to bear in terms of his reaction to what he considered some boring questions from from analysts which he w- w- wasn't really prepared to to answer 
Um, so I think it's just indicating the sort of stress uh, of, of the, the current situation that, that Tesla finds itself in. Um, and he did uh, subsequently apologize. So it's interesting to see that, you know, management need to just uh, keep their emotions in check when they're dealing with financial markets because, uh, yeah, financial markets can be quite tough. And there was quite a big sell-off in uh, Tesla post uh, that, that conference call or even during the conference call. So, um, yeah, it's something that, uh, you know, management and entrepreneurs need to continually learn and, I guess, learn to respect uh, respect market and market participants. And, and as you say, I think, uh, just to, to clarify there, I think uh, uh, the production figures Tesla were posting uh, and, and were failing with their own. So the, that expectation that yes. uh, the, the equity value uh, had had been uh, or the, on the share price uh, was a direct uh, was directly attributed to those produ- production numbers, which they haven't been meeting, right? Correct. Yes. So they have put out fairly ambitious uh, targets. Um, I guess by their own admission, but uh, yes, they, they they have been struggling to 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 meet those, and uh, really that is the sort of key uh, indicator that the market takes in terms of their ability to ramp up to become more of a mainstream um, motor manufacturer, which is really they valued as such, but uh, they're not sort of uh, yeah, meeting the expectation that, as you say, they themselves have set. Okay, I didn't see that uh, apology by Musk, so I'll go and look for that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, interesting getting that uh, that uh, uh that feedback from you, Ron, because I think there's going to be a few more companies that are going to be facing some some serious questions from short sellers in our own market. So uh, perhaps a, a, a good uh, little bit of uh, uh, an example as to how to deal with the investment com- community there. But uh, thank you very much for your insight today, and we look forward to uh, talking to you in the future. Yeah, pleasure, Warren. That was uh, Rowan Williams, Director of Nitrogen Fund Managers. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numerology studies tell us that numbers have symbolic meaning. Number eight stands for success, four is stability, and three represents advantage. These qualities, over and above trust, ethics, and leadership, are embraced by CASA, the leading accounting, auditing, and tax business designation underpinned by ethical standards, delivering responsible business leadership to take your business to number one. Because business is more than just numbers. CASA, leaders in business. And that brings us to the end of another MoneyWeb at Midday show. Remember, both our English and Afrikaans-speaking radio shows get going at 6 p.m., and if you haven't yet, make sure you tune into the Classic Business Show, uh, Classic Business Breakfast from 7 to 8 p.m. on Classic 1027. Uh, until the same time tomorrow, cheers for now.